Hello world, welcome to another edition of the Psy Effect Radio Show. I am Psy, your host. I want to thank you all for tuning in this morning. I do appreciate you. I know you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to hang out with me for that. I thank you. Today, we're spreading awareness regarding uh, diabetes. As a matter of fact, um, today is the very last day for Diabetes Awareness Month. I think Diabetes Awareness Day is December 14th. I'm sorry, November 14th, if I'm not mistaken. But um, a lot of people chose to continue to spread awareness all month. Today, I have Susan Weiner, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, as well as author, and she's come on to dispel some myths regarding diabetes and also to provide a little bit more information and insight for those that were recently diagnosed, as well as if you're a caregiver. This show is for everybody. I'm sure that you may have at least, know at least, one person that um, is a diabetic. So it's good to get information regarding the disease because you never know. You may have a close relative that may one day be diagnosed with diabetes or yourself. So today this show is for everyone. Also, Susan is going to share her new book in which I received and I absolutely Love. I recommend this book to those that are suffering from diabetes as well as the caretakers of those who um, are unsure on how to organize. Her book is called The Complete Diabetes Organizer, Your Guide to a Less Stressful and More Manageable Diabetes Life. So don't go nowhere. I'll be right back with Miss Susan Weiner right after this. Lupus has many symptoms, yet a survey suggests that half of Americans living with lupus don't share all their symptoms with their doctor. They just put on a brave face. Over time, though, some symptoms may indicate organ damage, even the ones that don't feel like your lupus. Every symptom matters. And now on lupuscheck.com, there's a symptom checklist you can complete today and bring to your next appointment. Because ignoring symptoms won't help your lupus. But sharing them with your doctor just might. Welcome to the Psy Effect Radio Show. My special guest, Miss Susan Weiner. Welcome, Susan, to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. Excited to be here. Susan, tell us about yourself and what you do and how long have you been doing what you do? Of course. Uh, I'm a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator. I've been doing it for over 25 years. I have a private practice uh, in Long Island in New York, and I do a lot of consulting work and a lot of writing work. Um, I'm also a consultant for D-Life, which is a great website for diabetes information. And I write for a number of different diabetes-related publications, such as Walgreens, Diabetes, and You. So I do a lot of different things. But in my practice, which I, I not only work with people with diabetes, I work with people who have weight issues or other clinical issues as well. But for my patients with diabetes, over the last couple of decades working with them, I see how much information they're bombarded with. And I came up with the concept of doing this book that we're going to be talking about a little bit today, which focuses on how to get organized. So my co-author, is a Leslie Josell, is a wonderful professional organizer. And together we mesh the worlds of organizing 
and diabetes to help people better manage their diabetes and to get organized with their lives. I myself was recently diagnosed with diabetes um, two and a half weeks ago, which left wow. me completely stunned. And the reason I was diagnosed with, with diabetes because I also have lupus, and I had been on prednisone for the last on and off for the last 9 to 10 years since my diagnosis of lupus. And my doctors are thinking that um, the prednisone caused uh, me to have diabetes. So um, what's the word? Medication-induced high blood sugar. Medication-induced, yes. Now, can you tell us what are the different type of diabetes? Of course. Uh, there's type 1, well, there's a, there's a number of different, but we'll talk about the basic ones for the, the purposes of our discussion today. Okay. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease, which you know a lot about from having lupus, right? Mm-hmm. So type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease where that is something that usually happens in younger people but can happen as we get older. People are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes well into their 30s sometimes. And in type 1 diabetes, your pancreas does not make usable insulin or any insulin at all. So you need to get insulin in type 1 diabetes always from another source, like shots or wearing an insulin pump, for example, or using an insulin pen. Type 2 diabetes is not an autoimmune disorder, um, and usually type 2 diabetes in the past happened to people who were a little bit older. However, due to an increase in the obesity epidemic, we are seeing children. I have children in my my practice, unfortunately, who are obese. 10, 11 years old who are now diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. It should also be pointed out that people with type 2 diabetes are often on oral medication along with a nutrition and exercise plan, but they can eventually require insulin as well. Mm. So those are the the basic type of diabetes. And, And one more thing just to mention, about 79 million people in our country have what's now termed pre-diabetes. If pre-diabetes is not managed, it will turn into type 2 diabetes. And I tell my patients and my clients in my office, if they don't manage their pre-diabetes, they will soon become a person with type 2 diabetes. Wow. What are some signs and symptoms of diabetes? If you And, and everyone is different. I, mm. I think that... Um, you know, it sounds like your doctors were very on top of it. So if you have a strong history of any type of diabetes in your family, make sure you get annual physical to monitor your blood sugar levels to make sure that you stay in target range. But if you have experienced a change in weight, you're urinating frequently, you're very thirsty, you may be experiencing mood swings, blurry vision, Mm-hmm. Those can all be signs. It's not limited to those signs, but those right. can be signs of having diabetes. 
And some people don't experience symptoms, which is, or they get used to the symptoms. They think that just they're getting older, so their eyesight is failing a little bit. But that's actually a sign of very high blood sugar. My symptoms were um, frequent urination. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was thirsty all day long, and I knew something was wrong instantly. And when I went to, I actually had an appointment with my endocrinologist, and Mm -hmm. um, she, I, I told of my symptoms and what I thought it was, and because I knew I was on prednisone for a while, and I knew the de- different um, damages that prednisone can do, I told her that I may have, you know, diabetes. And sure enough, she tested me, and my numbers were. Let's talk about the numbers. My number was, if I'm not mistaken, it was 150. Mm-hmm. 149 or 150, something like that. Let's talk about the numbers. When you're tested, what should your blood glucose level be? Well, there's, there's two different ways that your doctor is now going to monitor your blood sugar. One is fasting the way that you had it done, and that number that you had, whether it was 149 or 150, that, that range is showing approximately how much glucose or sugar is in about half a cup of your blood. And that number can be somewhat affected um, sometimes in some people by what you've eaten recently or someone not like you who's been on prednisone for a long time, but maybe they've been on prednisone recently and it affected their blood sugar number. Mm -hmm. The more effective test that your doctor especially your endocrinologist, will be looking at now will be a three-month blood sugar average. And that's a whole different calibration. Um, That number is going to be six-point-something or seven-point-something. That's different than the hundred-something number that you're getting. Mm -hmm. But the great news about the technical term, not to get too technical, but it's called a hemoglobin A1C. That technical test, though, is great because that's showing your average over three months. So that's showing actually your lifestyle and what you're doing with your nutrition and your exercise program and your medications, right. whereas the other number you're doing um, is effective in showing us what's going on, but one number would not really determine a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I would, when I tell my patients, if there's an abnormal number, we repeat it. First thing right. you do with an abnormal blood test is take it again, and then you decide what's what's going on. So yeah, we did mine three times. Yes. <laughs> <So>. See. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not and then your doctor, I'm sure, will tell you that they're going to do the A1C test yes. um, every three months. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was the protocol. Susan, does diabetes affect women different from men? I don't like to put out a blanket statement about how it's going to affect women different than men, except for a few nuances that I that. I notice, and I'm going to answer this, you know, clinically and in our everyday life. If a woman has a very high blood sugar that goes untreated or undiagnosed or uncared for for a period of time, they will develop a yeast infection. So that that happens. Obviously, that's going to happen in in a woman and not necessarily, you know, in yeah. um, in another gender. Mm-hmm. So that that can happen. What I see though in my practice is that women sometimes don't take care of themselves. Right. So they're still balancing relationships, family, children, jobs, job, you know, working at home or working outside of the home school, 
and many times don't take care of themselves and diabetes goes to a level that it need not go to. Mm. Um, I learned this from a, a really good friend that I quoted in my book. The only bad number is the one you don't know. If you keep on testing your blood sugar and you try to keep it within a target range by organizing and eating right and reducing your stress level, then you're going to be good and you're going to be controlling it the way that you need to be controlling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that men don't do the same thing, but women tend to not, we don't take care of ourselves sometimes the way that we should. What are some of the doctors one should see after diagnosis? I know there are a mirage of doctors. You have to take care sure. of the eyes, the feet. Um, there's so many doctors along with changes that you have to incorporate with having this disease. So you're so sure. right. There's so much to do, isn't there? There's, yes. a, there's a lot that needs to, to be done. Um, sometimes when people are diagnosed, it's not necessarily through. And you were such a good, by the way, you were like the best advocate for yourself. So yes. good for you. That's <laughs> incredibly, you. incredibly awesome because we have to be in healthcare. Mm-hmm. We really need to be our own best advocate, and that's right. just the bottom line. That's just the bottom line. I've learned the hard way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I bet you have. I bet you have. Um, not, it, it's unusual for someone to be diagnosed the first time from an endocrinologist unless they're already seeing one, like you were. Most people who don't have another in endocrinology issue would not already be seeing an endocrinologist. So it might be diagnosed, if not by the individual who has diabetes, by an internist or a cardiologist or a general practitioner, you know, mm-hmm. or even a friend who's like, I have diabetes and you have the symptoms and go see a doctor. Right. So once you see a physician and you get diagnosed, before anything is wrong is always the time to have a baseline done from other doctors. You want to see a podiatrist for your feet. You want to see an eye doctor for your eyes. And if your renal or kidney numbers are questionable, then your doctor will send you to see a kidney specialist and possibly a cardiologist. The important, and, and a certified diabetes educator and nutritionist like me. This is overwhelming. Anyone who tells you it's not overwhelming has never been diagnosed with diabetes. You feel overwhelmed and bombarded. So the first thing to do is to take a deep breath and to figure out, not necessarily, you'll be surprised I'm going to say this, what all your healthcare providers are throwing at you. But what I talk about in my book and do with my patients is I first talk about goals and achievable goals because perhaps the first week you can't all of a sudden start exercising and start taking medications and de-stress and start cooking. and It's hard to do all at once. But if you set goals that are important to you and you prioritize what's important to you, and you take small steps and achieve these small steps, you will get there. What are some lifestyle changes should be done? Um, I'm 
obviously big on nutrition. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. my thing. Right. So I think that we have to take stock of what we're what we're doing with our nutrition, um, and a little bit more meal preparation when possible, and smaller portions. We have to be aware of what foods contain carbohydrates, which will raise your blood sugar levels. Our weight management is also extremely important. So. You want to kind of take stock of what you're doing first with your nutrition and start to make changes. Eating well is important whether you have diabetes or not. Right. So everyone in the home could start eating healthier. It doesn't just have to be the person who has diabetes. That helps, too, to have some support. You know, what I've learned during my research after learning that I have diabetes is I'm learning the different types of food and the groups they're in. I had no idea that corn was a carb. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and I love corn. I'm the only one in my family that would eat corn by itself. Mm-hmm. And, okay. <laughs> this is the reason. This is probably one of the reasons, I'm, along with the prednisone, that my glucose sugar is really high because I thought corn was a vegetable. I know. I know. I know. It's a very hard. um, It's a very hard change to make. Mm -hmm. So if corn, there's no food that you can't eat. It just has to be assimilated into your diet. But obviously, eating a healthier diet, void of a lot of simple carbs and sugars and junk food, is good for anybody. Right. Your blood sugar will start to come down a lot more when you reduce the amount of carbs in your diet, you eat more healthy lean proteins, and you eat more healthy fats like unsalted nuts and fiber. So you'll get it there. You'll get there. This is one reason why I was so drawn to you and your website, SusanWienerNutrition.com, is because you, first of all, I love the energy of it. It's calm, it's peaceful, it's easy to read. You know how sometimes websites can be so overwhelming. It drove me to the book, The Complete Diabetes Organizer. And I'm like, voila, this is what I need in order to organize everything. My thoughts, my food, tell us about this book and why you decide to come up with the concept. Oh, absolutely. And and thank you so much for asking. That's I love that you came there and and you saw it and that it's helpful. Um, After so many years of working with people and just using these words, so now you have a busy life and let's throw diabetes in with it with all this information, right, that you got two and a half weeks ago. What do you do now? You know, it's it's not like you're stopping your work and your family and your show and and everything else. Now you just add diabetes. Yeah, into it. So, so now there's a lot to deal with. Um, and I, my um, co-author is a certified professional organizer, and she was actually, she does a lot of TV, and she was on the show Hoarders. She's on, one of the organizers on Hoarders, so I'm watching her just because she's my friend one mm-hmm. evening. And the idea hit me that if she can organize a home like that and a person like that, she can really be helpful in the diabetes community. So I knew nothing about the world of organizing. She knew nothing about the world of diabetes, which was a brilliant marriage because we very cleanly 
complement each other in getting everything that I'm an expert with in diabetes management with organizing management. And that's how we came up with the concept, and that's how we wrote our book. I'm excited to order mine. I, I guess I will get mine in three to five days from Amazon, and everyone can go to Amazon to get Susan's book, The Complete Diabetes Organizer. Whether you're a caregiver, whether you actually have diabetes, everyone should get this book. Oh, thank you so much. And everyone who, who has read the book finds it extremely helpful. We've gotten incredible feedback from the diabetes community. And throughout the book, one thing that was very important to me, whether we have it in a chapter on supplies or routine or holiday travel, you know, holiday madness and travel, I have throughout the book people with diabetes quoted with their tips and tricks. So we have um, even Nat Strand, who is the physician with type 1 diabetes who won the amazing race. We have her quoted. We have Dr. Jason Baker, who's an endocrinologist in New York, who has diabetes himself, speaking in the book. And we have people in the diabetes online community um, also who speak throughout the book. So I'm really proud of it, and I'm most proud that it's helping people become healthier and more in control of their diabetes management. Now, before I let you go, can you share some of the myths that are associated with diabetes? Absolutely. One is that sugar causes diabetes. That's the big one. If you ate sugar, and by you I'm just a general term of you, if a, if a person eats sugar, that does not cause you to have diabetes. Now, if somebody ate a lot of foods with sugar and fat and protein and everything and gained weight from it, that can lead towards pre-diabetes because, and, and type 2 diabetes because you ate too much and became obese and became insulin resistant and that whole process. And once you have diabetes, obviously, eating sugar will raise your blood sugar levels, but it doesn't cause it. Um, And the other big thing, I wouldn't necessarily say it's just, it's only a myth, but it is an issue. This is not anyone's fault. If, don't let anyone tell you that it's your fault that you've developed diabetes. It has a big genetic component, and of course there are things we can do in our lifestyle with nutrition and exercise and and everything to keep our health under control, but sometimes people are very embarrassed about having diabetes, and there is no reason to be embarrassed. We just need to help everybody manage it. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't discuss? Um, Just that the chapters do range from I think we covered everything that can possibly be covered in terms of organizing diabetes and the chapter I'm most proud of is the chapter on the proactive parent for children that have type 1 because that's a very specific and difficult population. So we talk about organizing children who go to a 504 meeting Um, what you can do for your child when they go off to school, which is very scary when they're trying to manage their type 1 diabetes or to a sleepaway camp or to college. So I think the resources in our book are unlike any other resource out there. And how can everyone connect with you inside the world? Please come go to my website, which is Susan Wiener, W-E-I-N-E-R, nutrition.com, one word. SusanWienerNutrition.com 
And please explore, sign up, join me on Facebook. And on my website is a Contact Susan page. Any questions, any concerns, any issues, give me a buzz and I will get back to you. As I will tell you, I'm, I'm pretty good with communication. <laughs> oh, <okay>. She's <laughs> what I say, prompt. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you, Susan, for coming on the Sly Effect Radio Show and helping us spread awareness regarding diabetes. And I hope to have you back on and we can talk about other things that you discuss on your website as well. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you all for hanging out with me on the Sci Effect Radio Show tonight. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, follow your girl at I am Sci. Also, like the Sci Effect Radio Show fan page on Facebook under the Sci Effect. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Sci Effect Radio Show, email me at info at the Sci Effect Radio Show dot com. Until next time, continue to spread peace and love. Mwah.